This will be the last podcast I make in Beijing this week. Because at this time tomorrow, I should be in Shenzhen. Water on the moon? Won't that make it more interesting? Train tickets? Could assemble or just go straight? Do I even want to travel? The unknown of being able to return. March motion continues. How about those Ukrainian lessons packing? Oh, I should have known things were going to take so long to dry. Wednesday, March 29th, 2023. I'm Steven Sersky. Hope you folks are doing well. And um, yeah, so uh, I was planning on um, leaving the city at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, uh, Thursday. That didn't work because of my um, continual procrastination and analysis paralysis and uh, putting off of uh, just eventually booking the ticket. Although officially, uh, so those are the unofficial reasons. The official response is, I was trying to update my passport information and just giving it some more time for the system to refresh. B.S. I wasn't thinking of it. For those of you who uh, don't know who I am, I am Stephen Sersky, and I do live here in uh, Beijing, China. Uh, I am involved uh, in the uh, the language consultation business, which is another way of saying that um, I just uh, listen to a lot of people speak English all day, uh, and uh, and I try to help them gauge their uh, abilities. I guess you can say this podcast all about uh, some of the things that I do, not just in Beijing but also online, uh, where uh, I also run the uh, handles, the YouTube and Instagram handles. May you make your movie, which right now I'm in the midst of a uh, program called March Motion, in which I create a uh, new March or new Apple Motion project each and every day. Now, the idea was that I was going to post these each and every day, but um, as things would have it, they got delayed. And I do have, a, I was looking at the projects, and I'm, I, I think I, I, I think I was missing one from the 22nd, and so I got to fill that in. Uh, and then there's the 29th, 30th, 31st. So I got four more projects total for this month, and then I'm done with this uh, this project. After which I would um, I would have a project done every single day. Now this is all video graphic stuff. This is what I do uh, when I'm not involved with my my job or exploring the country and stuff like that. Which exploring the country has not been a thing to do up until just recently. So. This podcast tracks all of this. This is meant to be a little bit of a yik yak, a daily Monday to Friday. How's she going? So this is what's what. This is what it's like being an expat in Beijing at this time in 2023, according to at least one person's uh, view, one man's uh, view of what's going on of his life as it is. My current plan is to be in Hong Kong this weekend for the Creamfields EDM Festival. And uh, looking back at... the, the there, There's another guy I know who is going, and he told me about this at the end of January. He's had everything booked for at least a month. I sit here going, I just booked my train ticket, like today. But he's flying down. I'm going to take the, uh, the train because I kind of... Not altogether happy with how flights were. I, I don't like how airplane tickets take, like, they, they go up in price closer to the day. It really bothers me. And that, that actually has to do with, apparently, it's cheaper for the airplane to take off without you rather than to have you on it. 
uh, and it has to do with, deal, deal with your weight and stuff like that. Uh, at least that's what I remember being told about why airplane tickets uh, go up in price rather than down uh, closer to the date. Now trains, it kind of doesn't really your weight doesn't affect it as much. For this train that I'm going to take down to Hong Kong. Now the Hong Kong, the Beijing to Hong Kong trains are not running until Saturday, so that's too late for me because I got to be in in town. Uh, I got to be in Hong Kong by Saturday, but I can go to Shenzhen or I can go somewhere close by. Now, as it would happen, the 10 o'clock train that I was going to do was pretty well sold out by the time I, I checked this morning, and the next time I checked, it was gone. I was bloody like. That's the one I want, and of course, the one you can't have it, that's when you want it even more. So I was sort of thinking about some different ways of uh, dealing with this, like should I just go to Changsha, which is another city, like it's a major stop along the way, um, could I go to uh, Wuhan or some other place uh, along the way, and I thought, you know what, what happens is that um, if you go through 12306, 12306, which is the official train ticketing um agency here in China, uh, you you can buy only direct tickets, right? They won't sell you an assemblage of tickets. And what that means is that if you use something like C-Trip, they will make your times work, but it will involve hopping trains. So I could still depart Beijing at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning or 10.23 a.m., get to another city such as Changsha and then switch trains and then continue down to Shenzhen Bay, which is where I'm going to be uh, tomorrow night. Again, not able to get into Hong Kong directly just yet. I don't think the Shenzhen, yeah, the Shenzhen trains to Hong Kong don't run until Saturday anyway. So I wonder, there might be, but then I was thinking, well, first of all, it's actually cheaper to go to Shenzhen than it is to Hong Kong. Number two, I've never been to Shenzhen. Why not? Number three, what's easier to do? Uh, the idea was actually just to go to Shenzhen, walk out the train station, find a Hanting Express, which is a cheap budget hotel here in, here in China, a hotel chain, and book in for a night or two nights, and then on Saturday morning, go down to uh, Hong Kong, uh, sort of finish the journey. Shenzhen to Hong Kong is 20 minutes. That's why I was like, if I stay until Saturday morning, I can wake up at the leisurely time of like, I don't know, 8 a.m., walk out the door from my hotel, check out after having breakfast, if I do, down to the train station, get on a train, 9 o'clock, I'm in Hong Kong, downtown Hong Kong by 9.30 Saturday morning. So that's a, that is the idea. That's what uh, I sort of have planned so far. Uh, and uh, how it's all going to work. So it's a bit more of an adventure. Uh, actually, to tell you the truth, it's pretty much how I envisioned it, it was going to be when I first thought of, of going down to Hong Kong so many months ago. And the only thing that sort of happened was that since uh, Buddy was going to take the airplane down, like taking a, a flight, I was like, well, maybe I should. And had I done that a month ago and sort of solidified the times, keep in mind, I've had this time booked off for a long time, uh, this Wednesday until next Thursday. I just, I just blocked it all off because I'm like, you know what, I'm going to work hard until that time, and that way when, I have, when, I, when I'm on vacation, I can be on vacation. Now, as things would have it, 
I have a podcast I still haven't have finished editing yet. I've got several video projects that I haven't finished editing it yet, which also contributes to the whole, like, why I don't want to take a flight, because if I take a flight, it's going to rob me of the day, uh, the ability of being productive during the day. Whereas on the train, especially if it's just one train ticket, it's straight from Beijing down to Shenzhen Bay, Shenzhen North, so Bay, Beijing Bay, Shenzhen Bay, that Bay is North. Um, And so if I go to Shenzhen North Station, it's one ticket. I don't have to move seats or anything like that. These other seats, like through seat trip, if I were to buy the assemblage or the assembly of tickets, then I I would have to like change seats once or twice. Eh, You know, not a huge issue if I wanted to keep the money the same, if I didn't want to spend so much. The problem with that is that you run the risk of forgetting something or missing a train uh, or uh, some other problem, right? So that, um, you know, it'd be okay if I wasn't going to be traveling with some stuff that I didn't really care about, like just a backpack of stuff. But if I'm going to be carrying some of these electronics with me, passports even, or passport, I only have one passport, you know, you kind of want to minimize your risk of something going wrong and if you can and if at some point now that I know that I can do this because I didn't know this was possible before it might be fun to take those you know yeah let's hop trains why not let's see how it goes I just maybe not this time all right so Shenzhen tomorrow night that's where I'll be broadcasting from uh given the time that I get in closer to 11 o'clock if I don't book into the hotel until just after 11 I might do the episode before then. I don't know then. But uh, stay tuned because here is where the audio digest gets interesting. I do try to record this even though I travel. And although I'll be in Hong Kong for the next week uh, in Shenzhen, I might very well publish both on Saturday and Sunday. I don't know yet. It's uh, see how it's feeling, seeing how it's going because... Although it is supposed to be a, a vacation, I'm also kind of going, what do I need a vacation for? What am I doing? I mean, it, I don't need to be in Hong Kong. I don't need to be anywhere except in Beijing to work because that's what I'm in China for. But this does ask the very, this begs that question. If not China, if you weren't working in China, would you stay in China? And if you weren't to stay in China, where else would you go? So of all the philosophical questions and all like, well, what are you doing there? And all those sorts of accusatorial methods of asking why China? It's because where else am I going to be? Go back to Canada and do what there? I mean, take a train for four hours in any direction in Canada, first of all. If you were if you were able to find a train that departed at any time during a day, the next four hours still wouldn't take you very far from where you started. Um, you could say the same thing about China uh, overall. Like technically, I mean, four hours isn't very far, but let's put it this way: from a major city in Canada, the next four hours pretty pretty much puts you into a small town. Like we're talking tens of thousands of people in China. Going from the city of 23 million people, Beijing, four hours south, uh, that's putting you into a city of roughly 16 million people. 
Grant, it'll all look the same. <laughs> it definitely will. I'm not talking about the people. I'm talking like the buildings, the train stations, everything. It'll still look the same. The language dialects might change a little bit, but everything else, since it's all part of the great rejuvenation of the, uh, the Chinese people, uh, the architecture is all going to be the same. As a matter of fact, it's, you could almost mistake one train station for another just based on the pictures. Like, it's very difficult to sort of... Uh, place just which train station you're going through water on the moon isn't that interesting would that make space any more interesting well um one thing about this because this uh came up uh, because china (laughs) china landed a probe on the moon uh so many years ago back in 2020 and it brought back a bunch of uh um Parasites that are all, all going to kill us. No, not at all. Uh, it uh, brought back some samples that are full of bead, glass bead water. So they're glass beads, but inside of them they contain a bunch of water. Much more than scientists, the grand all-knowing scientists that we heard so much during the coronavirus that you got to trust the science. And now, now they find water on the moon. Okay. Oh, sure, they knew it before, but only finally science and experimentation brought that water back. Not that I'm saying too much, but what I'm saying is, and so what? There's water on the moon. Great. Um, are we going to go anytime soon? It's not like I can take a train or an airplane or a rocket to the next planet. As If that happens within my lifetime, awesome. And I do plan on living a long time, hopefully. But, and it's neat to hear that there's water on the moon. But again, kind of going, automation might be the way to go because there's just no other way to sort of guarantee that, uh, you know, if something goes wrong, we can always try again. Whereas if it goes wrong with a bunch of humans, hmm, might not be so good. And, uh, oh, and uh, what's it? NASA has the Artemis mission coming up in 2024 where they're going to zip a bunch of humans around the other side of the moon and possibly land them later on, I believe that. I think so. So we'll see how that goes. All this travel, moon shots, Hong Kong shots, whatever shots, going from Beijing to hot shots, something like that, right? Do I even want to travel anymore? This is actually, there's uh, (laughs) the other big news story that has graced our presence in the news channels. Some foreigner got deported from China for smoking ganja in Thailand. Apparently, uh, actually, I don't think I even knew this, that if you are, if you are found to have elements or trace, if you're found to have marijuana or drugs in your system, when they randomly test you, blood test you, you will be deported. It's illegal. It's against the law. Now, th- this does kind of beg the question of like, uh, wait a minute. First of all, why are you testing me? Okay, so like, what? Ha- they'll randomly test people apparently. Okay. And again, I don't think this is a Chinese initiative. I think that they're following someone else, United States. Um, so they, they'll randomly test you. And if they find that you have drugs in your system... They will deport you. They could also like imprison you, fine you, kill you because of death penalties here as well. 
Um, seems kind of harsh. Uh, yeah, yeah, lots going on there. But apparently this guy, I think it was a guy, smoked the ganja during Chinese New Year in, in Thailand. So Chinese New Year was at the end of January. Okay, so that's like three months ago. Apparently, the Chinese methodology of um, testing for drugs can detect these uh, substances up to 90 days. Now, after 90 days, does it magically disappear? Don't know. But... There's very little grace period on this. Like, they don't really, uh, they don't laugh about this one. Um, they don't uh, really chuckle and go, ha <laughs> silly foreigners. Uh, apparently, they take it pretty seriously. Again, 90 days exactly, not sure. Um, what else was going through a system, I guess? You kind of wonder, like, what, one marijuana stick? Are you are you telling me that that would last in your system for 90 days? That would show up and that would get you deported from the country? And this country talks about being on the forefront of technology, hello moonshots, and beating coronavirus three years later. I don't, I, I don't know. Something seems a little bit odd. Some, some, a little bit odd that, you know, if he, because apparently this foreigner only smoked it once in, uh, in Thailand. Uh, first, I didn't even know that drugs were legalized. Like, uh, marijuana was uh, legal. L- legal. Like, you were allowed to do it in Thailand. And apparently, that's a recent change. They've recently legalized marijuana. So, this kind of might go along the lines of, like, China will randomly, not so randomly, select people who have gone to destinations that have recently uh, or are known to have people who... Uh, routinely smoke uh, ganja or are partaking recreational drug usage. There, so there's this uh, article in the, the That's Beijing today or the Big Beijing or one of them was like, don't do this, please. But, and they give you the the UK view, of like the, the information basically that you need to know if you're going to take this risk, what could what will happen? Basically, not could, but what would happen? And they take you through all the different stages. So if you are in China, or if you're not in China, you want to find out what happens, uh, or the procedures, uh, the, the Beijinger has a uh, an article today about sort of what happens when you uh, are... Actually, it's not just for drug usage. It's just if you're ever detained by the authorities on, with the threat of being deported uh, from China, sort of the steps that are taken uh, once that um, process starts. Basically, you don't get a little grace period. You don't get to go home on bail and be like, oh, man, dude, that sucks. Message all your friends, take some selfies and stuff like that. No, no, no. You get locked up in the police station. Uh, maybe the embassy would get in touch with you, uh, possibly before you get deported on either your dime, the embassy's dime, your company's dime, or your family's dime, basically. Um, I would assume that they would charge you first, like, uh, like charge your credit card, but uh, maybe <laughs> if you don't have it, Oh, you are W, oh, you are S-O-L'd, right? Uh, this is one of the things, actually, not not that I do this, right? I mean, haven't been out of China for a long time, um, but this is the very reality of living in this country. The, the, the grand unknown of being able to return, like whether or not, once I cross the border into Hong Kong and I come back, what if I'm randomly selected and they're like, oh, well, you know, you're full of drags. I'm like, what? How? <laughs> I eat broccoli on a regular basis. I mean, the only drugs that I think I'm inhaling are 
the, the smog that's outside, and I did go for my run today, my four miles and my 300 double unders. And yes, I'm coughing after that because that coal dust you guys are pumping into the air kind of has an effect on the body, kind of has an effect on the lungs. Maybe that has something to do with it. Are you testing for that? No, no, not at all. Can't be that. So again, whether or not it's a, this foreigner was only the one time, maybe there's a little bit more behind it, or maybe, you know, they don't so much randomly select people so much as they kind of pick people who they know they're kind of like, you know, you've done this a few times. Um, maybe we're going to have to, um, we're going to step in on this time, right? Probably also depends on the passport too. I can't help but think that sometimes certain passports are targeted. All that being said, it's. I remember my dad saying something along the lines like, "You never, you never like going to the doctor because you never know what they're going to find." And it's kind of like going through border security here, or rather, like moving border borders. And this this gets me because there are some entrepreneurial people out there who say like, if you have a, a nine to five job, you have a stable life. And it sort of dawned and sort of crystallized in my mind. If you're an expat, as an ESL, in the ESL profession especially, if you are on an annual contract, you don't have that stability that so many 9 to 5 detractors or, you know, critics say you have. Every year, you don't know if you're going to have a job because of the contract. Every year, you don't know if you're going to get a visa because of whatever. Every time you leave the country, you don't know if you're going to be able to get, come back in because of pick a reason. Doesn't, it doesn't have to be drugs. It could be anything. You get delayed. Uh, you, I mean, someone, something else happens. Maybe it's a family issue, which is different, of course, but... Or maybe you are too late getting back to work, and so the company says, well, mm, you're not reliable, so they fire you. Which, again, that could happen anywhere in the world. But when the here as an expat, it's not like you're, oh, tisk, one job let me go. Well, if one job lets you go here, you lose your sponsorship, you lose your visa. And if you don't have a visa, you can't have an apartment. If you don't have an apartment, what are you going to do with all your stuff? And if you have to move all your stuff, then, I mean, no. No, no, no. There's very little stability stability as an expat, at least in that regard. Why am I talking about this? Because again, I'm looking at this going, what has stopped me from moving around so much and what has sort of settled me in one place is the fact that I kind of go, there's a point where you kind of have to settle for at least a time, a time, time being, where you can generate enough of either income or enough of an offshoot of your, your work. Uh, it doesn't have to be a side hustle. It can just be something that you're putting off into the wings sort of thing, like uh, building up a, a platform or something. And then going, having that there, even if it doesn't generate money or a revenue, but keeps you moving forward and keeps you motivated. So if you were to face job loss, you're not going to sit there all depressed and everything. You're going to be like, well, yeah, it's a step back. But I have other things to keep me occupied, other things to keep me entertained or thinking and at least motivated to keep moving forward and look for the next thing. So something. And then, of course, if you leave leave your home and you don't take your computer, then you're not allowed back in the country. Now you're like, oh, traveling light sucks because all I have is 
a bunch of underwear I'm going to throw out anyway, <laughs> pair of pants, a cat, some cash, and a passport. Oh, which is harsher. I, it, all, yeah, all my stuff is stuck in Beijing. I've had that happen before. <laughs> 2017, snappers. Speaking of distractions, motivations, and side projects, March Motion continues. I was working on that all day today, at least some of it. When I wasn't uh, packing, I have a few more projects uh, to go. As I mentioned before, I'm coming to the end of that one. And then April is going to be April Animation, where I'm going to be animating uh, throughout the month. Whether or not I do it every single day, it's a little much. But there are a few different forms that I want to be practicing. And so that's something I'm going to be looking forward to in April, particularly as I come back from Hong Kong. How about those Ukrainian lessons? So I'm off of the lessons for a little bit from now, but uh, these have been going on, and this is sort of half a half in, uh, in preparation for a possible trip to Ukraine this summer. I don't know if that's going to go ahead just yet, but the um, basically it's uh, one of these things I have an idea, and if I can prepare, then I'm going to prepare right now rather than putting it off, right? Uh, so that is the idea uh, with taking Ukrainian lessons. So far, it's been going okay. It's been very rough to transition from the previous Eastern Slavic language that I was studying to Ukrainian and also trying to remember all of the sort of the old Ukrainianisms that I used to speak uh, and then trying to modernize them quite a bit uh, for uh, the, the modern contemporary version of Ukraine as it has lived and thrived and survived throughout the, uh, the decades since the text, the Canadian Ukrainian Canadian textbooks were published back in like the 1960s, sort of thing, right? I will resume these uh, Ukrainian lessons and all of my lessons probably once I get back from uh, Hong Kong, just because it's a. Uh, I don't know if it'd be worth having language lessons while on a quote unquote vacation. Although I have been thinking about taking some Cantonese lessons, if only to learn some differences and a little bit more about the the dialects, right? packing i should have known things were going to take longer to dry oh i did my apartment is very humid it's like 75 percent, 73 percent humidity right now and that is because i forgot when the heating goes off we are in that shoulder season not for the weather i guess for the weather but for the drying season as in when you wash something it takes a day or more for it to dry out so i'm sitting here looking at one, two, two sets of sheets. I've got a bunch of clothes that haven't dried yet. I've got other stuff that I still want to wash before I get going tomorrow. <sighs> really should have thought that one through, but I'm glad I started early. I did, when I woke up, I'm like, okay, I'll just wash these and then get those done in that way tomorrow morning. On Thursday morning, I can do one last load. And I don't know about you, but I kind of like having a perfect wash where all the cups, all the towels, all the laundry is washed Right, like including the last thing that you use so that when you walk in, you come back into your apartment after a week away or some of that, it's like a hotel. It's all set up perfectly for you again, right? Cleanly washed. Maybe the bed doesn't have to be made because I was actually thinking if I left the bed made, wouldn't the coal dust settle on top? And that's not very good to breathe in, right? So anyway... I'm going to leave it there, folks. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Show notes and tracks up on my website, stevensterski.com. Have a happy hump day as it is Wednesday. I'm off work for another six or seven days. Get in touch if there's anything I can uh, uh, find out for you in wherever I'm going to be, Shenzhen or uh, Hong Kong. And uh, also, I do have a newsletter, so this is actually one of the reasons I'm thinking about how I'm going to manage everything this weekend. But uh, no worries, I will get it done. 
I have a newsletter on Substack as well, stevensersky.substack. That's where you can find my newsletter for all the other uh, additional information and brilliant witticisms I think of on the weekends instead of during the week when I'm publishing this audio digest. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Have a good one. We'll talk again. Bye-bye.